everyone, my name is Reagan. Welcome to Conversations with Sarah, with your host, Sarah Carnes. She's my mom. She's on the radio and TV and loves the Cleveland Browns. But one of her favorite things is connecting with you. She wants to help you live a healthy, happy life. I don't know how she does it. She even got me to love carrots and eat broccoli. Thanks for listening. locations in Uganda, India, Iraq, all around the world. He just, just does so much. And um, his book, Everybody Always in Love Does, I am obsessed with. I've said multiple times, Everybody Always, I wish it was required reading for everybody because <laughs> it's that good. It's so easy to read. If you haven't read it, Everybody Always, um, it's a good gift to give to, to people too if they're looking for something to read. But anyway, super excited about talking to Bob. And get ready to do the Zoom call today, anticipating it, and everything starts breaking. My computer breaking, my microphone wouldn't work. I'm trying to log in, and I don't know what I'm doing wrong, but I keep getting notifications on my computer with my text. I have a a Mac, and I must, I thought I closed iMessage on my computer, but I guess it was open back up. So I have people texting me, and it's dinging. And I thought I turned it off, so it was like a hot mess there for a second. And Bob's response to when I was a little frazzled, just speak volumes of the person he is. I love him. And uh, you'll see in here in the interview, you can see the interview. I'm going to put it on Facebook, on the Lynn and Sarah Facebook page, if you'd rather see it in person. But here at listening, um, you'll just hear the power of availability and Bob's going to talk to that and how we can be there for each other, especially in in today's age with all that's going on the way Jesus lived and lived alert and was always working to help the person right in front of him. And um, I also talked to him about, I have always wanted to go. I'm a big Disney fan and I've always wanted to go to Disneyland. He is a big Disney fan as well. And he actually has a little office in Tom Sawyer Island. Disney doesn't know this, but he basically just sits at a, at a table on Tom Sawyer Island on, I think it's Wednesdays when the park is open. And he's just there for anyone who wants to talk to him about anything and anything needs help you're here you will hear in the conversation here i ask him about his phone number being published in the back of all his books is that really your phone number do you really get calls yeah it's really his phone number and he really just likes to become available to anyone and the power of us taking time to help the person right next to us it's just such a beautiful thought i could have talked to bob for hours and learn so much from him. Um, So I can't wait for you to hear the podcast. But one thing I want to leave you with here is just a thought from his book in Everybody Always at the very beginning. And it says this, Jesus talked to his friends a lot about how we should identify ourselves. He said it wouldn't be what we said we believed or all the good we hope to do someday. Nope. He said we would identify ourselves simply by how we loved people. It's tempting to think there is more to it, but there's not. Love isn't something we fall into. Love is something we become. And there's so much more. There's so many more good nuggets like this in the book. So I hope you enjoy. Here is Bob Goff. 
Is it working now? It's working now. Oh, goodness. I'm do a quick little speed test. Like this is showing that we've got like mega, mega connection at this end. So I don't think it's uh, the Wi-Fi at this end. No, I think it's mine. It's been one yeah. of those days I'm working from home and of all the times for things to break down when I get to yeah. finally talk to you. <laughs> no, not at all. Not a problem at all. So hi there. Hi Thanks there. For me come and visit. Um, tell me how I can be most helpful to you. Well, there's like a million ways you can be most helpful, Bob. First of all, thank you for taking a little bit of time to talk with me today. I'm one, I'm a super fan from the moment I read Love Does to everybody always. I always say um, this should be required reading for everybody. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm really glad that you enjoyed it. Yes. And I was um, just going over uh, the book and reading over all of my highlights and everything. And it reminded me of your phone number and all the calls you take. And just yes. before getting on, it looked like you were taking a phone call. Is Totally. Yeah, I'm just going to try to silence everything for a moment here so you and I can talk. But I get about a phone call about every four to five minutes. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I know. And I don't know how to... Uh, <laughs> Stop my text here on this. Working from home has been a challenge, and sometimes oh, yeah. I don't know how to stop all of this. Hey, listen, though, you know, leukemia, that's a problem. Right. Having uh, some technology work is not work is not a problem. So You're don't sorry. sweat it. I'm just glad we're all part of the same family. We're all just hanging with each other. That's why I love you so much. You always, when I, even when I read your books, you make me feel so chill and remind me of what's important in life. And, oh, yeah. you know, I, again, I was just going back to the, the phone calls you take. And I was reading in the back of the book your phone number again. Do you really take all of those phone calls? Yeah, there's, a, I would say in a normal day, we counted once, it's about 100 telephone calls that I receive and take. And I answer 600 emails a day because I just know what it's like when I send an email to something, someone I'm kind of hoping that they'll answer. And so I feel like I'm going to try to do the same thing. Just be responsive. It, uh, we, we can't decide how tall we'll be or how wealthy we'll be, but we can decide how available we'll be. And I so I just that. decided to be Uber available even before there was Uber. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. It's actually what motivated me to reach out and to talk to you because I talk about you all the time on our, our radio station in the mornings. I use your quotes all the time. You've been oh, you're inspiration. so kind. So I share that so much. So I was rereading some of your stuff and I'm like, I'm going to reach out. We need to talk to him in person. So you motivated me to do that. But I love how you really put your real phone number in the back of all your books for people to call. And wow, the power of availability. I heard you once say, and it's, it still kind of just sticks with me. I heard you once say that the first thing that God created was time. And it's one of the last things that we do for ourselves, right? Or we do for yeah, us. Very true. And it's kind of navigating for all of us, particularly in a really difficult seasons, like the one that we're in now, um, how to guard your heart, like Proverbs 4.23. Um, and so guarding your heart, but not uh, doing it by getting inside the vault and closing the door behind you, uh, because that just leads to dark places. And so 
I want to navigate that. And I think we're all just trying to figure it out. First, we were talking about, um, you know, uh, health issues and, and now uh, on to other very important issues that uh, arise. And um, so I think people are feeling a lot of whiplash um, and, and they're, I just hope that in the middle of this, they're finding a way to guard their heart, to uh, listen, to find some true voices, not just loud voices Uh, And then to allow ourselves to be true voices to people Um, instead of telling people what they ought to do, just to remind them about who they are. So I think that's one way to guard your heart. I love that. And I I love that you said not just listening to the loud voices, but listening to the true voices. That's something that kind of has always resonated with me. And something in your book that I, I go back to and I share a lot is the one line where you say, I think we make loving people a lot more complicated than Jesus did. And yeah. it just, it's so simple. Yeah, it gets, a, you know, when you're kind of getting into the weeds of saying, you know, how do I do this? How am I supposed to respond? And so first of all is to free yourself up from feeling like you have to have perfect pitch on everything that, like we're all amateurs at this and I'm just um, mindful that sometimes people that when you make a a small step forward, they'll be people that feel like they need to correct you constantly and to say you're doing it wrong. And so then you're hesitant to say anything because you're afraid of uh, saying the wrong thing. And so then you don't say anything, which is actually wrong thing. And I think we need to uh, do, it's kind of what Paul talked about of his first Peter. He said to make a defense for the hope that's within you, but to do it with kindness and respect. And so mm-hmm. a lot of what I'm trying to do these days is a little bit more measured by kindness and respect. And you don't need to swing at every pitch. <laughs> you just, you don't need to. And so we're uh, doing some stuff with little girls in Afghanistan that the Taliban say, cannot learn how to read and write because they're girls. And that just uh, really uh, rubs me wrong. And so rather than just forming an opinion about it, I just started traveling to Afghanistan and we started a girls' school. It's actually in the former capital of the Taliban. And we go there quite often. And uh, we just teach little girls how to read and write. And we have these courageous teachers that are there. And I know it encourages them when we arrive. Um, so I would say, instead of perhaps going across an ocean, what if we go across the street? Yeah. Instead of going to the ends of the earth, go to the end of your block. And to say, what's something I can do right here? And, and then don't be just off, put guard your heart. Don't get in the vault. Um, but to say things, find kind, respectful things to say. If you can't find something kind and respectful to say, shut up. Right, right. <laughs> you can still be an advocate. And I'm like, I'm a lawyer. I, you know, I win arguments for a living. Uh, but good advocacy with whatever it is you're advocating for uh, comes from a place of kindness and knowledge and self-awareness, knowing um, who it is that I am and my shortcomings and my blind spots. And then maybe um, realizing that the person that you're talking to isn't actually the person you're talking to. Have you ever had a circumstance where somebody's kind of on edge about something? And when you think about it, they're not actually going off at you. That happens that you have to be 
getting uh, it right now, but they're going off against something else. Yeah. You just happen to be in the blast radius of that. It doesn't mean that you ignore that, but you just realize that I could probably be uh, more kind and respectful to them, knowing that there's a lot of other things that are going on uh, underneath the surface. So figuring out the thing underneath the thing. <laughs> right. And it's, I think that's so true. And I loved what you said, because I don't know if everyone, if they've read your books, they know how much um, you do. Love does your organization, your humanitarian organ- rights organization. And you mentioned that with the little girls in Iraq. I love that so much because I think sometimes we think, how do I go out and do these big things? But I, I like to say, someone told me once, Jesus lived alert. He wasn't always about doing these big, massive things. He was all about doing and helping the people right in front of him so many yeah. times. And that's what I feel like in a lot of ways, like we may not be able to go to Iraq, like you said, yeah. and do what you're doing, which is so incredible, but help the person next door. I, I love in the book, everybody always, your friend. <laughs> oh, Carol, I'm still wearing her hat. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I got a red socks hat on right I, now. I, I think I think about Carol every so often from that book and just how the neighbor next door parades down your street, balloons to a friend. Yeah, it's always sometimes those small things. And then if you're listening for it, you're going to hear um, what people, what they really need. Um, so uh, on my list today, there's a person that we both know in common that their big hope is that they wanted a puppy in the worst way. And it actually, the puppy vote in their house is not going well. So they're not going to get their puppy. But I just (laughs) ordered this off Amazon. I got a stuffed puppy. I'm going to leave it in practice so they're not creeped out. But my goal today is to make it down to the uh, mail store and uh, poke some holes in a box and ship this. And I think when they get a package from me and they see the holes in it, they'll think, <laughs> oh, my goodness, he mailed me a puppy. And indeed, I did. It's That's just, hilarious. Uh, but if we could uh, think of those things, and it's, uh, again, I'm back to Paul in Philippians 2.20. I'm a Bible verse guy, but I'm not, like, I write books and I never put Bible verses in them because I'm writing it for the guy at the tire store, the person that feels far away from faith, and they're just, like, so over kind of an institutional business of church. And they, I just want them to know that they're welcome and back and just come in. And, uh, and actually I want churches to be the place where people run to, to, uh, to find love and acceptance and healing. And the crazy thing is you get there like one stuffed puppy at a time. Uh, it's a uh, Philippians two twenty. It says, uh, Timothy, he's a guy who took a genuine interest in the people around him. Mm. And so that's what I would say to take a genuine interest in people and the things that are most important to them and why they might be doing what they're doing or why they're acting a little bit on edge. And I suppose if I took an interest in them, I'd realize that they've got a really good reason to be on edge. Mm, That's really good. That's really good. The other thing I wanted to ask you about, because I'm a a big Disney World fan, and I love your I love your Tom Sawyer Island office. Yes, come on. And one of these days, I, I'm going to start a vision board that's on my to do list, and I want yes. to like be able to um, have my own Tom Sawyer office. Yes, you could right? pick the local Starbucks. You know what you could do? You could find um, 
a, a place. What city are you in right now? We're in, I'm in Chagrin Falls, Ohio, Cleveland. Yeah. Ohio. So go to Chagrin Falls, Ohio, downtown, hang a walkie talkie from one of the trees in the busiest parts that says I'm available and just carry the other end of the walkie talkie around. Just change the batteries every couple of weeks. And they, you'll just know there's always a walkie talkie hanging if somebody needs to talk, you're always at the other end of that. Uh-huh. And it would be incredibly disruptive and beautifully so. And so this life of living out your faith is a life of being constantly interrupted. And so my life is always interrupted. And for some people that won't work. I happen to be married to one of them. <laughs> um, and uh, But uh, the thing about Sweet Marie is that she's not trying to be like me and I'm not trying to be like her we're trying to be like Jesus. Mm. And I just know that he was available in his way and she's available in her way. It's just not to everybody. <laughs> and that's good. I think that's really good to point out. But one of these days when I get to Disneyland, hopefully you'll be at your office. Oh, would you please do that? I'm just the one guy sitting at the bench Wednesdays from 10 to 2. Right now they're closed. You'll have to hop the fence. It's only a misdemeanor, so give it some thought. Um, <laughs> That's so good. And you, I'll come bail you out. <laughs> and you have a new book coming out. I'm super excited. I believe it comes out June 23rd, Dream Big. Yeah, I'm actually hoping this is a time where we've kind of will, with world events unfolding, kind of round the corner and start dreaming again. Because sometimes think people think that dreams are what you do when you're asleep. And I think it's actually what you do when you're fully awake. You're fully awake to your faith. You're fully awake to the people around you. You're fully awake to people's suffering. That you're just you're just awake to all that stuff, and you can hopefully start dreaming. That the subtitle of this book is to know what you want, why you want it, and what are you going to do about it. Which just sounds like a great framework for all of us. Like know what you want. When I was uh, growing up, I wanted to get on a horse in the worst way. And uh, I wanted a horse <laughs> so bad. And I never got one. I've never been on a horse. Uh, really? But, no, I've never been on a horse. But I, we bought, foolishly in these economic times, uh, not knowing that earth would stop spinning, we bought this Young Life camp that they put up for sale, renovated the whole thing. And the, the thing that we just added, 50 horse stables. And wow. so... So we just got our first horse yesterday. And I don't even know what end to put the hay in, but I'm going to figure it out. Um, One of the things that uh, if you know what you want, then ask the question, why do you want it? And Mm -hmm. so what I want people to experience is all of the freedom that would come from just being adventurous. And for somebody that uh, grew up not having a chance to get on a horse, that didn't make me a victim. It just made me a participant. I just didn't get to ride a horse. I want to make that available to other people. I want lots of kids to get on lots of horses. So know what you want, why you want it, and then what are you going to do about it? I just let the word out. I got 50 places for horses. And you know what I got? This horse. It's called Lucky Bright Eyes. It's a retired racehorse that actually evidently didn't run very fast or it would be an active racehorse. And, uh, (laughs) So Lucky Bright Eyes just kind of like saunders around and looks horsey to me. I have nothing to compare Lucky Bright Eyes to. And here's the deal. I don't think it's a fast horse or a slow horse. I think it's my horse. 
And that's how God feels about us. I, I mean, it. he doesn't compare what he creates. He just creates. And he th- I think he wants us to create. I think he wants us to get back to these dreams, these ambitions that you had. One of your ambitions evidently led you to radio. It Am did. Am I right? Yeah. Well, it- that was something you wanted. Why did you want it? Uh, it was something I've wanted it ever since I was a little girl. And I wanted to be able to impact people's lives in, in a positive way to, to bring them inspiration and all of that. But, but I was actually in the business world for several years and then did a big pivot to radio all on a, I'm going to make this happen. And, yes, and I decided did. I was, what you were going to do about it. It's exactly, I think that's why I connect with your stuff so well, because I've never, I've never put myself in a box. You know, I worked in insurance for almost 15 years and then I worked in TV and did some things on the side, um, but not as like a career. And it's just, I got so motivated that this is what I wanted to do. I just made it happen. And I think sometimes we, we tell ourselves, well, well, I didn't go to school for that. Or I didn't get trained for that. It's like, we'll figure it out. <laughs> yeah. Or you just say you uh, put up these barriers that uh, are perceived impediments, but they're not actual impediments. One of the things I learned when I got this uh, camp, uh, somebody mailed me the movie, We Bought a Zoo. Have you seen that movie? No. Oh, you got to get it tonight. Okay. Netflix, you'll love it. Yeah, and it's a single father who is trying to raise his kids, and he's trying to explain the way life works to his son. And he sits down and he says, all it takes is 20 seconds of insane courage. (laughs) Literally 20 seconds of just crazy courage. And I think you probably had that 20 seconds sometime at work. You said, I have an ambition. I'm going to pivot. It's going to be costly. I'm going to be eating spam for a while, but I'm going to get what I wanted. I've decided what I'm going to do. I'm doing it. And what I hope is that people will find that kind of resolve. What's always difficult, and I understand the place it comes from, and it's a good place, but people saying God closed the door. So if you said, I have an ambition to be on radio, and you say, well, and you applied to somebody, you say, can I do it? And then some guy named Billy said no. And then if you walked away thinking God closed the door, you'd be flat wrong. The only thing that happened is a dude named Billy said no. And I think there's a lot of people that have just let in. There's some women that are letting dudes say no to them, and they think that God's closed the door. No, don't wait for permission. Just you've got permission. Like, do your thing. God put this thing in your heart. Go after it. And I just don't want to be waiting for permission anymore. Evidently, you didn't. You stayed at it, and you were willing to make the sacrifices to make it happen. I did. It's risky. You have to be a little bit of a risk taker. 20 seconds of insane (laughs) courage. And so there's some people, when I was in high school, you know what I wanted so bad? A date. I hadn't quite ever experienced one of those. Actually made it all the way through high school without having a date. I got into college. I'm like, yeah. So I met sweet Maria Goff and I'm like, now I knew what my ambition was. She wasn't sweet Maria Goff at the time. That would be weird. So what what I did is I asked her out on a date. You know what she said? No. (laughs) I'm like, yet again. But 
I knew this was an ambition and I didn't go creepy on it. I was just dealt with her with kindness and respect. And eventually we were at this uh, place, uh, this Young Life camp, and uh, she was there with a bunch of work crew girls to like do uh, things to help. So I got a bunch of work crew guys together so I could be within 10 feet of her. <laughs> and on the first night, a woman keeled over. She had like a pacemaker that stopped working or something. And I actually knew how to do CPR. I got her going again. What? And it was in that moment, sweet Maria was thinking, that guy, Bob, is not much to look at, but he can be helpful in a pinch. And so, you know, fast forward 30 years, that's the camp we just bought. It's this place where it all started. And so what I'm saying is this, you have an ambition. It got deferred a little bit. You wanted to be on radio. You got a, a no or two along the way, but somehow you saddled up that pony and you said, no, no, I'm going to, I'm going to, I've got a message. I'm going to find a fast pony. Let's go do this thing. And that's what I hope people, when they read the book, they'll just find their way back to their ambition. Oh, does it happen to you that you lose your keys every once in a while? I lose a lot of things once in a while. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I lose my mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Lose my temper. Um, (laughs) One of the things that uh, you do when you lose your keys is you think, where was the last place I saw them? And I think we can do the same thing with our ambitions. You say, Mm -hmm. if you feel like you've lost this ambition you used to have when you were younger and you've lost it, say to yourself, where was the last place I saw it? Where was the last place I experienced the freedom to do that? And I'm going to return to those places and see what I find. And I just trust that when we get there, just because of my worldview, uh, is that Jesus is like right there waiting. He's not sitting on top of our ambitions. I think he's standing beside them. And to say what he wants is for us to love him, him to love us. And that's his ambition. Oh, it was a uh, Matthew 6, 29. It said, the disciples said, like, so what's the, like, what's our job? Like, what are we supposed to do? And he said, your work is to believe in the one God sent. So we make it complicated. We keep adding all this stuff to it. Like, just chill out, get a puppy. Like, what's your goal? is <laughs> just, just eyes fixed on Jesus and then get after some of the stuff that are the most beautiful ambitions. Now, if your ambition is to knock off liquor stores, I'd change your ambition. Yes. Uh, or you'll end up at San Quentin. Um, I actually teach at San Quentin, and we spend a lot of time with my friends there talking about what their ambitions are. And uh, most of them, their ambition is to get out. And uh, <laughs> so I don't bake them cakes with files in it and stuff or give them <laughs> alibis. What I do is I, I ask them, so, well, like, tell me more about that. So what what what's your plan when you get out? What's the strategy? And so I think if we took a genuine interest in each other, we'd say, is there any way I can be helpful with your plan? Unless it involves tying bed sheets together. Like how can I be helpful <laughs> in helping you execute your plan uh, to live a meaningful, purposeful life? And I think that's where it comes. I think my ambition in writing the book is to help other people find their ambitions. I love that. How can I be helpful? I'm going to start saying that. How can I be That'd be great. So on all these calls, if you overheard the one that came in just as we were starting, that's what I asked her. I'm like, how can I be helpful? Which is just great. And sometimes they'll say, I don't know. I'm like, well, terrific. You got my number. When you do know, give me a shout. I've always been nervous to actually call you. <laughs> oh, do it. We never talk. Yeah, yeah, just do it. 
Because sometimes we don't make the call because we're afraid of like how it will go or whether we'll say, I'm just glad we're part of the same big family, right? Me and you on the way to Tom Sawyer Island. I love it. One of these days I'm coming to Tom Sawyer Island and and we're going to chat. Bob, thank you so much for your time today. Oh, great talking to you and just keep loving people the way that you are. It's really a beautiful thing to see. And if I can be helpful to you ever, I can detail your car. Uh, but just just let me know how it can help. And I think if we're thinking of ourselves as a family and that we're just helping to each other, it's the Acts Church. It's two and four. They said they were they broke bread together, and we'll do that on Tom Sawyer Island. Uh, and uh, we'll have a churro, and then uh, then we'll also like uh, make things available to each other. And I think if we start living that way, really making time available to each other or resources, changes everything. Mm, it does. Thank you again. The book comes out June 23rd. I already have it on pre-order. Thank you, Bob. Opa! All right. Blessings on you. Blessings to you too. Bye, Bob. Bye. Oh, isn't he great? Isn't he such an awesome human? I love it. I love it. And I still can't believe that he gives his phone number out like that. But I like the walkie-talkie idea of the park. I'm not sure I can ready. To, I'm not sure I'm ready to fully commit to that. But I love the idea. So we'll see if you guys try it. You let me know. <laughs> Pretty cool. Well, I hope you enjoyed Bob today. I hope you enjoyed the podcast. I've been working hard to get guests like Bob on the show and to just help us live each day to our best self and just put our best self out there for everyone else. So if you like the podcast, I'd love for you to subscribe, tell your friends, share it. And if you can leave a comment on Apple iTunes or Google, Spotify, however you're listening, you leave a a rating, a star, a comment that you love it. That would be awesome too. Really appreciate I'm going to leave you today with another thought from Bob. This is another one of my favorites from Everybody Always, talking about how Jesus was talking to his friends one day and explained how he wanted us to live our lives. You know, it's such a great thought to think this, that, you know, he pulled his friends in close and said something I bet surprised them. He didn't say they needed to use bigger words in their prayers or go to church more or not chew tobacco or not dance. It wasn't behaviors that Jesus talked about. He said, if you wanted to please God, we need to love our enemies. Love God, love people. What a great reminder for us all. Thank you so much for listening. Hope you check out some of the other podcasts. Have a great day.